you have to sometimes be in enough pain where you hit rock bottom and then you go even lower until you're finally ready to do anything. Sometimes, unfortunately, many of us have to get that low before we we stop all these limiting beliefs and, you know, preconceived notions of what's right or wrong or possible and we'll try anything. And that's when things can really start to change and move. In today's busy world, how can we find the inspiration, knowledge, and energy to live a healthy and empowered life? If we balance and harmonize our mind, exercise our body, live according to the laws of nature, and connect to spirit, can we find a way to heal, become our authentic self, and live our purpose with love? I am your hostess, Amy Fournier, and welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. I am excited to have you here with me on today's episode. In this show, I'm going to share with you 13 things mentally strong people don't do. So you don't do them. (laughs) And then therefore you stay mentally strong. I got these tips from a very well-known book by psychotherapist Amy Morin. And the book is actually titled the same, 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. We're going to get into those 13 tips. But before we do, I wanted to give a shout out and a big, huge virtual hug and thank you to one of my recent podcast reviews on Apple iTunes. This one is from Fat Dawn 333. And Fat Dawn says, Awakening Aphrodite is such an inspiring and wonderful podcast to listen to. I've enjoyed every minute of every episode so far. I've told all my friends and family to subscribe because there's something for everyone. Amy has a way of saying just how you feel, even if you didn't realize it or are too embarrassed to admit it. We're all women who struggle with something and want to love ourselves and our lives. Amy and this podcast are the perfect way to start. Thank you, Amy. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I am just humbly grateful to that. Wow. What a heartfelt and beautiful sentiment and review. I'm deeply grateful. Thank you, Fat Donnie 333. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for everyone else who has taken the time to write a review because they really are critical to the show's survival in the huge podcast world. And thank you for everyone who's sharing the show and sending me messages and all that fun stuff because I love having a relationship with you. I'm a real flesh and blood person. I'm assuming you are too. And Let's have a real relationship, which means reciprocal, two-way, not just one way as in giving out or just getting back, but giving and receiving. So thank you for relating with me. All right, let's get to today's episode. 13 things mentally strong people don't do. Okay, so the reason why I put together this show is because I'm sure you are aware that this show is about helping you be healthy and fit in mind, body, and spirit, as well as harmonizing your masculine and feminine energy, integrating them together, learning the discretion of when to use which one of the energies, as well as tapping into your intuition, your true source of power, and awaken your authentic self. So obviously this topic is very important because mental and emotional fitness is 
near and dear to my heart. It is truly often the missing piece in a lot of people's healthy lifestyle and fitness program. They've dialed in the diet. They're drinking enough water. They're getting to bed on time. They're turning off the electricity. They're getting off social media and getting into nature. They're spending time with people they love and pets and family and friends. But they have trouble with the way they think. They have trouble with negative self-talk. They have trouble with negative thinking. They have trouble with limiting beliefs or self-doubt or feeling like expectations are not realistic or they don't give themselves enough credit for realistic expectations. So mental fitness in my vast experience over three decades in this industry has been a huge barrier for a lot of people getting to that level of health and fitness that they really aspire to achieve. So we have to have an open mind. That is where we begin. And we, that begins with just believing that you can change and improve your life. Just that thought, you have to have hope. Where there's hope, there's life. And when there's life, there's hope. Once you start losing hope and feel like, what's the point? It's worthless. The battle is pretty much over. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because if you feel that way, you can guarantee it definitely is over. (laughs) So we have to have hope and we have to believe we can improve our lives and keep striving and looking for ways until you find the answers that you're seeking. Don't give up because they are out there. Sometimes you just have to really open your heart and mind and be in enough pain, frankly. You have to sometimes be in enough pain where you hit rock bottom and then you go even lower until you're finally ready to do anything. Like I will try anything at this point to change the situation. Sometimes, unfortunately, many of us have to get that low before we we stop all these limiting beliefs and, you know, preconceived notions of what's right or wrong or possible, and we'll try anything. And that's when things can really start to change and move. Sometimes it's about what we have to take away and stop doing rather than what we need to start doing and stop doing. So we need to take away our closed-minded thinking, our thinking like, this is the only way I know everything. Um, so, I've discovered that number one, we have to be aware of and focus on changing the bad habits. Number two, we have to also focus on changing those thought patterns. And number three, we have to focus on changing those beliefs, which can hold us back from getting what we want. And some of these would include number one, feeling like a victim. Number two, complaining about your circumstances. And number three, distracting yourself from things that hurt or make you feel bad, but that you really need to address and rip off that band-aid and deal with so you can truly move on. These are three things that I found people have to stop doing so they can get to where they want to get. And I will repeat them. Number one, stop feeling like a victim. Stop feeling like you don't have power or control over your life. We always have the power to choose what our boundaries are, what our limits are, what our priorities are, and if we want to actually live our values or if we're just doing lip service or playing games with ourselves. We have to take back our power and not feel like life is happening to us, but rather we have the locus of control. And until you get that feeling like you can do something to change your life, 
It's not in your genes. It's not in your DNA. It's not you something you have to do to make other people happy or because of responsibilities. It's always a choice. And you have to keep that power inside yourself. Otherwise, you'll be resentful and you're never going to be happy. I guarantee it. Number two, like I mentioned, complaining about your circumstances. This obviously goes with being a victim. If you find yourself or other people constantly complaining about the situation, that's something you need to stop doing because when you're complaining, you're acting like a victim. Okay. Complaining means it's something that you don't like or would like to change. So you know what they say, you either change it or you change your mindset about it, accept it, or you move out of the situation. So change the situation, accept the situation, or move yourself out of the situation so it doesn't affect you anymore. But complaining gets you absolutely nowhere other than, again, feeling like a victim. And lastly, dis distracting yourself from things that make you hurt or feel bad. So this is a problem. It's otherwise known as spiritual bypass. You're probably hearing a lot about it right now. It's like sticking that happy smiley face on everything. Like everything's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. I'm doing great. How are you? And you're really not. Or being okay with something or just going along with something and biting your tongue when it's just like ripping up your stomach inside and you want to say something, but you don't want to get someone upset and deal with getting them angry and all that stuff. So what we tend to do when we do that is then we distract ourselves from those uncomfortable feelings by social media, over shopping, overeating, overspending, over drinking, over exercising, over anything, over sleeping, right? Or numbing it out with medications or other kinds of drugs or uh, mood enhancers or, or uh, alterators. So we don't want to do that. Okay. We don't want to do that because eventually you're going to pay the price for that. That's not dealing with the problem, right? It's putting a temporary bandaid on it. And it's certainly not respecting yourself. So dealing with the things that hurt us and make us feel bad are a big part of emotional fitness. All these things don't actually solve the problem. And therefore, we can never move on and truly make progress. Basically, you're just going to be spinning those wheels. And you know me, I'm all about progress, baby. Not perfection, but progress. We need to make progress in order to feel good. No one wants to feel like they're stuck, right? You're just stuck in the same place. And that's just so disheartening and just deflating, right? We have to feel, even if it's baby steps, at least I'm moving in the right direction. That's very, very important. So if you're making progress, high fives to you. Way to go. All right. So let's get to psychotherapist Amy Morin's 13 things mentally strong people don't do now that I've kind of set the groundwork there. Number one. They don't waste time feeling sorry for themselves. Mm-hmm. Ouch. <laughs> Starting with a big one. It's futile to wallow in your problems, exaggerate your misfortunes, and to keep a score of how many hardships you've endured. Whether you're struggling to pay your bills or experiencing a serious health problem, throwing a pity party only makes things worse. Self-pity keeps you focused on the problem. Poor me and prevents you from developing a solution. You get stuck in that same mind. It's like a closed mindset. You're focused on the problem. If you're focused on the problem, you're not focusing on the solution. It's like what you, whatever you focus on is what you get. I mentioned this in other shows. Like, mm, I think it was the show on 
12 Tips to Helping You Deal with Anxiety. I'll have to look and see what episode number that was. But in that, I talk about how the number one tip that was my favorite was asking yourself, what is another way I can look at this situation? Okay, that just right there opens up a whole new mindset as to how you can look at something rather than being tunnel vision focused, which will make you unconsciously exclude all other possibilities. Your imagination and creativity goes right out the window. And we know that imagination and creativity are the keys to progress, innovation, self-fulfillment, happiness, personal expression, all that good stuff. Okay, so don't waste time feeling sorry for yourself. Hardship and sorrow are inevitable. It's true, but feeling sorry for yourself is a choice. You are choosing to feel sorry for yourself. I'm bringing the tough love for you today. Sorry, (laughs) but I want to give it to you straight. Even when you can't solve the problem, you can choose to control your attitude about it. Find three things to be grateful for every day to keep self-pity at bay. That's kind of a popular thing people do nowadays. They have a gratitude journal. I know pretty much every day of the week, most days of the week in my morning prayers and meditation, I usually write down a list of things I'm grateful for, just whatever off the top of my head. I try to be creative about it. So I'm not always listing the same things like my health and my uh, fresh air and my, all my abundance and being able to have food on my table and all the, all the obvious things. I use those things when I can't think of anything and I'm wallowing in a borderline pity party, (laughs) I will admit. But most of the time I can be pretty creative and really try to open my heart and mind to all the things that I take for granted that I really should be uh, grateful for. So I think that's a great idea to get you out of the pity party uh, by just starting with things that you are grateful for. Number two, mentally strong people don't give their power away. You can't feel like a victim and be mentally strong. It's impossible to have them both at the same time. Obviously, right? If your thoughts send you into victim mode, like my sister drives me crazy or my boss makes me feel bad about myself, you are basically giving your power away to others to have over you. No one has power over the way you think, feel, or behave. No one. You do. Take back your power. So changing your daily vocabulary is one way to recognize that the choices you make are yours, your choices. Rather than saying things like, I have to work late today, ugh. (laughs) Edit that sentiment to say something like, I'm choosing to stay late today because I'll feel really good when this project is done or because I arrived to work early so I need to get this work done or whatever, fill in the blank. There may be consequences if you don't work late, but it's still a choice in this example. Empowering yourself is an essential component to creating the life you want. So taking back your power by being very intentional about your vocabulary and using words like I choose to rather than I should and using words like I choose to rather than I have to. Notice how those simple word uses puts the locus of control back on you rather than being a victim of having to do something because of something outside of yourself. Total game changer, right? Yes, I hope you agree. Try it and watch how it changes. Number three, they shy away from change. 
Okay. Or excuse me, shying away from change. So mentally strong people do not shy away from change. If you worry that change will make things worse, you'll stay stuck in your own ways. Obviously, right? Like, oh my God, why would I change? It's going to be worse than I am now. But a lot of times we're projecting what we fear is going to happen, but we don't even know that's going to happen. So we're imagining it's going to be worse than it's probably going to be. The world is always changing. That's a fact. Life is always changing. So if you're resisting change, you're basically trying to hold your finger in the dike of the dam of the world of life, the flowing current. Pretty futile, I would say. Your success depends on your ability to adapt to the change, right? Kind of like Darwinism and taking those baby steps and survival of the fittest, adapting species were the ones that survived over time because the environment is always changing. So being fixated, closed-minded, all that stuff will make it harder for you to flow and change and just go with the punches, which will make you more malleable. One of my favorite analogies is the palm tree. How can they exist in places down south that have hurricanes and all this crazy uh, storm fronts that come through with ridiculously powerful winds and rains and storms? Why? The palm trees can remain because their trunks are flexible. They move and sway with the wind rather than being stiff and then therefore break. So keeping flexibility mentally and physically is super important. The more you practice tolerating distress from various sources, like perhaps taking on a new job or leaving an unhealthy relationship, the more confident you'll be in your ability to adapt because you'll see it didn't kill you and you will survive and you are stronger than you think. I guarantee that. And it will also give you your ability to create positive change for yourself in your life. Number four, they don't squander energy on things they can't control. Complaining, worrying, and wishful thinking don't solve problems. They only waste your energy. But if you invest that same energy in things that you can control, you'll be much better prepared for whatever life throws your way. So pay attention to the times when you're tempted to worry about things you can't control, such as the choices other people make or how your competitors are behaving. And devote that energy to something more productive, such as finishing a project at work or home or helping a friend with hers. Accept situations that are beyond your control and focus on influencing rather than controlling the people around you. Number five, worrying about pleasing everyone. Hello, you guys know I'm a reformed people pleaser and you are listening to this show. You probably are too, like so many of us are. We just want people to be happy, but wow, how often do we do that at the detriment of our own needs, wants, and desires and opinions, right? So whether you're nervous that your father-in-law will criticize your latest endeavor or you or you attend an event you'd rather skip or avoid a guilt trip from your mother, trying to make other people happy drains your energy and your mental strength, and it causes you to lose sight of your own goals. Making choices that disappoint or upset others takes courage. Mm-hmm, it sure does. It takes backbone and courage to stand on your own. But living an authentic life requires that you act according to your values. I'm going to repeat that. Living an authentic life 
requires that you actually act according to your own values. You don't just give your values lip service. If you say this is important to you, you live it. And that can mean standing on your own sometimes when the going gets tough and the heat is on. But you will not compromise your soul, your spirit, your own self-respect and dignity by compromising your values. One of my favorite sayings is, I would rather die on my feet than live on my knees. And you can borrow that one if you want. God, I wish I knew who said that, but it wasn't me. I wish it was me. But I've been saying that for years. And if somebody finds out the person that that was uh, coined by, please hit me up. Let me know. Okay. So. Write down your top five values is a good way to start and then focus your energy on staying true to them. Even when your choices aren't met with favor by other people, which you know is going to invariably happen. It's going to happen eventually, but you know what? It feels good to stand up for yourself and you can do so in a loving way, even just by saying things like, you know what? I'm sorry, but that doesn't work for me or this is important to me or this is something I need to do, blah, blah, blah. Okay, you can speak your needs with love. Number five, fear taking risks. If something seems scary, you might not take the risk, even small one. On the contrary, if you're excited about a new opportunity, you may overlook a giant risk and forge ahead. Emotions cloud your judgment and interfere with your ability to accurately calculate risk. So you can't become extraordinary without taking chances. Okay, extraordinary is just that extraordinary. And that means you got to go above and beyond the ordinary to be extraordinary. And that means you got to take a chance. You got to put it out there. So a successful outcome depends on your ability to take the right risks. Acknowledge how you're feeling about a certain risk and then recognize how your emotions influence your thoughts. Create a list of the pros and cons of taking a risk. That's often what I do to help you calculate if it's the right decision for you. Actually write it down on a piece of paper, pros and cons of doing this action. And that will help you make the decision based on a balance of emotion and logic, the masculine and the feminine, right? Again, utilizing both parts of yourself, knowing should I be more logical or be more emotional? How can I blend these two together to come with the final optimal decision? Okay. And always remember, focus on what you do want, not what you don't want. Okay, number seven, they don't dwell on the past. While learning from the past helps you build mental strength, ruminating is harmful. And ruminating just means playing that tape over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, ruminating like a circle, okay? Constantly questioning your past choices or romanticizing about the good old days keeps you from both enjoying the present and making the future as good as it can be. Make peace with the past. Sometimes doing so will involve forgiving someone who hurt you, or other times moving forward means letting go of regret. Rather than reliving your past, work through the painful emotions that keep you stuck so you can truly move on. Tip number eight, they don't repeat their mistakes, okay? You know that saying, it wasn't a mistake if you learned something from it. And you didn't learn anything from it if you keep repeating it. And if you, if you keep repeating it, it means life continues to give you the same lesson until you learn it. So if you find like, this is like Groundhog Day. I keep dating the same kind of person. I keep doing the same thing. I keep making the same mistake, blah, blah, blah. Hello, 
Well, that means life is going to keep giving you that lesson until you really, really learn it and then evolve to the next level of soul school. (laughs) Okay. So whether you felt embarrassed when you gave the wrong answer in class or you were scolded for messing up, you may have learned from a young age that mistakes are bad. So you may hide or excuse your mistakes to bury the shame associated with them. And doing so will prevent you from learning from them, however. Whether you gained back the weight you had worked so hard to lose or forgot an important deadline, view each misstep as an opportunity for growth. Set aside your pride and humbly evaluate why you goofed up. Use that knowledge to then move forward now better than before. All right. So yes, I feel like we can use that energy to fuel ourselves and empower ourselves so we don't repeat those same mistakes. Tip number nine. They don't resent other people's successes. This is a big one. How often do you scroll through social media and everybody's super amazing highlight reel and feel pangs of unworthiness, pangs of insecurity, pangs of loserdom? Oh my God, look at their amazing life. They're so amazing and I am boring and nothing is happening and I'm a loser. (laughs) right? We often do that. And then we are even looking at happy relationships or whatever it is that we think we don't have that we want that someone else has. Well, watching a coworker receive a promotion or hearing a friend talk about her latest achievement or seeing a family member buy a new car you can't afford, all these things can stir up feelings of envy. But jealousy shifts the focus from your own efforts and abilities and interferes with your ability to reach your goals and puts them on somebody else. So I suggest write down your definition of success. And in one of my previous episodes, which was the one on 10 tips for joy by Abraham Hicks, they define success by the amount of joy you feel. Check out that episode if you want more on that. But if you write down your own personal definition of success, then when you're secure, When you're secure in that definition, you'll stop resenting others for attaining their goals. And instead, you'll stay committed to achieving and reaching your own. Like, okay, I love how that's a great example, how that can actually be possible. Thank you for showing me this example of what's possible. Rather than being jealous or insecure or threatened by someone having something you want, maybe it could inspire you as in thank you for showing me, putting into my conscious awareness that that is possible. So you have it, so I can have it too. So you're turning that into a positive and in a situation where you're grateful rather than feeling bad. Recognize that when other people reach their goals, their accomplishments don't minimize your achievements. That's a big one. All right. Getting toward the end. Number 10, giving up after their first failure. That's something mentally strong people do not do. Some people avoid failure at all costs because it unravels their sense of self-worth, right? How many people do you know that don't even try because they know that or they think they're going to fail and they don't want to fail because that's going to feel bad. So they don't even bother trying. Oh my God, it's a common thing. Not trying at all or giving up after your first attempt will prevent you from reaching your potential, obviously. Almost every story about a wildly successful person starts with tales of them repeatedly failing. 
Hello, consider Thomas Edison and his thousand failure attempts before he invented the light bulb, for instance. That's a famous one. Or Michael Jordan or all these just, I mean, it's just pick somebody. There really virtually isn't anybody who's super successful that doesn't have a litany of failures. It's just that we don't see all those. We don't, we don't see all the blood, sweat, and tears that turned into these quote-unquote overnight successes, right? So face your fear of defeat head-on by stretching yourself to your limits. Even when you feel embarrassed, rejected, or ashamed, hold your head high and refuse to let a lack of success define you as a person. Focus on improving your skills and be willing to try again after you fail. Okay? Remember, defeat doesn't define you and who you are. Okay? There's a difference between failing and being a failure. Okay? We have to be very conscious of how we identify ourselves. Okay? I can make a bad choice or do something bad, but that doesn't make me a bad person. Okay, there's a difference. Be very conscious on how you identify. You could fail at something, make a mistake, flop at something, embarrass yourself, whatever, but that doesn't make you a loser now. <laughs> it just makes you human, okay? Number 11, they don't fear alone time. This is a big one. Solitude can sometimes feel unproductive. For some people, the thought of being alone with their thoughts is downright even scary. Most people avoid silence by filling their days with a flurry of activity and background noise. Like, you know, those people that always have the damn TV on or YouTube or something going on. It's never quiet, even the car radio. Okay. I know sometimes I like to just turn off everything and walk in silence with my dog. It just gives your brain a time to reset. Sometimes at night before I fall asleep, I literally just lay in bed with a nice little red lamp on and just relax and breathe and stare at the ceiling or stare at one of my pieces of art in the silence just to let my body recalibrate, settle down, process the day and have some time for my brain to just kind of work out all the muck and settle in for the evening. Okay. So alone time is essential for building mental strength. You have to have time with yourself. Absolutely critical. So carve at least 10 minutes a day to gather your thoughts without any distractions or influence from the outside world. That includes music, iPods, podcasts, whatever, TV, obviously, YouTube, anything. And use that time to reflect on your life, on what's important to you, on how you feel, and to tap into yourself, to be in your body, to feel your feelings. That's how you get in touch with your intuition and your higher self and your inner voice. It's like any other relationship. You have to make time for it. Otherwise, it's not a relationship, right? You need a relationship with yourself that requires time, that requires attention, that requires focus, okay? All right, tip number 12. Feel like the world owes them something. They don't feel that way. We call this entitlement. So mentally strong people do not feel entitled. We like to think that if we put in enough hard work or tough it out through the bad times, then we deserve success, right? Like I've worked so hard. I deserve it. I earned it. Wow. <laughs> well, waiting for the world to give you what you think you're owed is not a productive life strategy. I got a newsflash for you. It's probably not a good plan. Okay. So take notice of times when you feel as though you deserve something better, right? 
intentionally focus on all that you have to give rather than what you think you deserve or life should be giving you. Regardless of whether you think you've been dealt a fair hand in life, you have gifts to share with others. And honestly, life doesn't owe you anything. Life gave you life. The rest of it is up to you. All right, here we are at the end of Amy Morin's 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. Are you ready for the finale? Number 13, they don't expect immediate results. This is a big one in our microwave instant society of 30 characters or less and all that kind of stuff. Want it yesterday. People expect immediate results and they're not willing to do the hard work and pay the price and go through the development stage, that cocoon stage, which is essential that will ensure when it's time for you to fly and spread your wings, you're able to keep flying. Okay. Without going through that process of development, inner awareness, shadow work, self-knowledgement, growth, introspection, reflection, all that time, time alone, without that time, you will never develop strong enough wings to sustain you when life brings you all these things you say you want. Okay. So we cannot expect immediate results if we want to enjoy them and keep them. Self-growth develops slowly. Whether you're trying to shed your procrastination tendencies or improve your marriage, expecting instant results will only lead to disappointment. Okay? So think of your efforts as a marathon, not a sprint. View bumps in the road as minor setbacks rather than total roadblocks or a detour. There's a difference between a setback and a roadblock. Just remember that. You'll need all the mental strength you can muster at some point in your life, whether it's the loss of a loved one, a financial hardship, or a major health problem. That's for sure. Mental strength will give you the resilience to push through the changes. And mental strength is something that is cultivated through the school of hard knocks, facing the hard things, making the tough decisions, having the hard conversation, dealing with the white elephant in the room, okay? Mental strength is like any other type of strength. It's something that's developed by pushing against something hard and resistant, okay? It's like any other attribute, whether it be physical or emotional. And the great news is everyone can strengthen their mental muscle, So practice being your own mental strength coach. Like I always say, you have to be your own best friend. You have to be your own biggest cheerleader. You have to be your own ideal parent, mother, father. You have to be that because at the end of the day, all you really have is you and your relationship with you is the one that is the foundation for your relationship with everyone and everything else. So be your own mental strength coach. Encourage yourself. Tell yourself the things that you need to hear and pay attention to areas in which you're doing well and figure out where you need improvement. So, you know, being a coach isn't just rah, rah, you're amazing. It's also helping you to know where you need to improve and how you can do better, where your weaknesses are. That's a good coach. We don't just want someone who's going to kiss our ass and give us sunshine and rainbows. You're not going to ever grow from that, right? You want the truth. You want the truth with love. 
These are great things, and these are things we can improve on. Now let's get going. That's the kind of coach, I don't know about you, but I want, right? So create opportunities for growth and then challenge yourself to become just a little bit better than you were yesterday. Stick with your goals until the end and don't give up because as the last tip, not to expect immediate results is very important for your mental strength. So there you have it. 13 things mentally strong people don't do. Now you're not going to do them either. So you can be among the mentally strong and let's do it together. I'm going to be in there right with you. Which tip was your favorite? I have to relook which one's mine, but I would say, gosh, I don't know. They're kind of all something that resonate with me. Maybe number five, the most worrying about pleasing everyone. I still struggle with that one a little bit, to be honest with you, but I'm getting better every day. Progress, not perfection. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I already can't wait to be with you again. Would you like to support my mission to help empower people all over the world to be all of who they truly are? If so, please subscribe to the show, leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend. And if you're looking to take immediate action to align your energy and optimize your health, visit amyfournier.com. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite. Let's awaken her together in you. I'm your hostess, Amy Fournier, and I already can't wait to be with you again and for you to hear what I have planned for the next show. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. To learn more about Amy, check out her website, amyfournier.com. That's A-M-Y-F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R.com. You can also check out Amy's live and on-demand virtual fitness and yoga classes and sign up for her newsletter to receive a free mini ebook of three of her top tips for making holistic health a lifestyle. Again, that's amyfournier.com and get your ebook sent to your email immediately. Connect with Amy on the daily on Instagram at fitamytv, F-I-T-A-M-Y-T-V, and watch many of the podcast episodes and subtopic clips on her YouTube channel, which is also fitamytv. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time on Awakening Aphrodite.